I definitely have a hard time shutting off my mind at night. So yeah, it is hard to like kind of come down from that adrenaline after a show from, you know, the people and the, the cheering. But sleep is so important. Hello, I'm Arianna Huffington. I'm delighted to welcome you to a special series of the Thrive Global podcast presented by Audible. In these four episodes, I'll be talking to four remarkable women about how they prioritize sleep in their lives and what helps them thrive. Sleep is always essential to every aspect of our well-being, but in extraordinary times of anxiety, stress, and uncertainty, getting the sleep we need is more important than ever. Sleep is truly the foundation of both a strong immune system and our mental resilience, the very things we need to navigate this pandemic and the uncertainty of the year ahead. My guest today is Lindsay Sterling. She's a violinist, a dancer with 12 million subscribers on her YouTube channel, where she posts her beautifully choreographed violin performances. She's also been an incredible advocate for destigmatizing mental health challenges. For someone that creative, that busy, that physically and mentally productive, you can imagine how important sleep is to her. I started off by asking Lindsay what's occupying her thoughts the most these days. So you have a lot going on right now. So what is on your mind this moment? Ooh, this very moment. Um, you know, I've been focusing a lot lately on as all of this is like spinning around, all the different things and the to-dos, and I'm on tour right now and, you know, focusing on a new album that just came out. But it's interesting when everything stops spinning for a moment and you're sitting in stillness. I've been focusing a lot on how I feel about myself in those moments and being like, am I okay with just being me? Not the performer, not the violinist, not the girl on stage, but the girl behind all that. Mm. Am I okay with her? And I've been really diving into that recently and, you know, making sure that I'm okay with that girl. And what helps you connect with that girl? You know, I think for me, it's... um. It's the things that have always been that girl. It's going back to like before I was, you know, a musician or before. Because you, you like strip away all the layers of yourself and you realize usually the words you describe yourself as are like all these adjectives that actually aren't who you are. Like, I'm Lindsay. I'm a violinist. I'm a dancer. But like if I strip all those things away, like what is it that actually makes me me? And it's the fact that I love my family. Like I, my sisters and my mom, they're my world, you know. Um, it's the fact that I I get a lot of happiness when I connect with people, when I get to serve. Like, oh, yeah, that's what makes me really happy. And diving into the fact that I need to do more service. Like, I need to give back more. Um, you know, and I think spirituality, realizing sometimes I get a little lazy with my spirituality. That's one of the first things that kind of goes away when you're busy. So those are all the things that I really start to dive into when I try to reconnect with myself is my values, my spirituality, and um, giving. How do you manage staying connected with yourself? Let's start with sleep. Ooh. How <laughs> is your sleep? I was looking that you have a book, The Revolution <laughs> of Sleep, and I was like, 
I have to read that um, because I definitely have a hard time shutting off my mind at night. So, yeah, it is hard to, like, kind of come down from that adrenaline after a show from, you know, the people and the, the cheering. But sleep is so important. And so, I mean, on tour, I probably sleep more than anywhere else because <laughs> I have to be, like, mentally strong to go out there and perform every night. Um, so I do my best. You finish the concert. What happens next? Ooh, after the concert, um, you know, usually my band and I will hang out. We like snack and we would go back to the bus and we chat and sometimes we'll watch a movie or play a game and then we all kind of wind down. Great. And then you go to bed. And then we try to go, you know, the bumpy roads on the bus make it a little difficult, but we do our best. <laughs> so you can actually sleep on the bus. We do, while it drives to the next city. You have a bed. I do. And I, I personally love having a tour bus because we call it our house. You know, we're like, oh, I'm going home. Like when we go leave the venue, we call the bus home. And I am so lucky that I have a very much like a tour family and we look forward to going on tour together and it makes all the difference of the world. I don't know if I could tour without that kind of an environment. Um, I love the fact that your most recent album is named after the Greek goddess of the moon, yes. um, Artemis. Um, what was it about Artemis that uh, inspired you? You know, I was actually searching for kind of the the inspiration for this album. And all my albums are kind of written, inspired by like, where am I at right now? And I was really thinking a lot about the moon and the phases of the moon. And I think my favorite thing about symbolically what the moon represents to me is the fact that sometimes it's covered in shadow and sometimes it's bright. And um, and I felt like the last two albums I wrote were written kind of about times that I was covered in shadow. And specifically after I lost my best friend and my dad, they both passed away from cancer. And I remember after that experience feeling like a piece of myself had died with them. And I was kind of like, you know, that rose-tinted glasses version of myself I think is gone, that like really fun-loving, and I don't think she'll ever come back. And then right about the time that I started writing this most recent album, I felt her come back, like this, this vibrant side of myself. And I realized, oh my gosh, it's not that a part <laughs> of myself died or was gone or it evaporated. She was just going through a hard time. And she was covered in shadow. And so I love that now I look up at the moon and it reminds me that just because you're covered in shadow doesn't mean you're not still there. Oh, that's so beautiful because it helps all of us recognize, like the moon, that life goes through phases. Yes, exactly. And I also just love that the moon reminds us that even amongst darkness, you can find light. Um, and so, like, I— then thought to myself, who is the goddess of the moon? And then I found out Artemis is the leader of the hunt, and she's always seen with a bow and arrow. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have a bow and a violin. We're like the same person. And, and I love that she represents this kind of wild freedom and also this very feminine energy. Um, and I, So I just think she's powerful. She's fierce. She's soft. She represents, I think, everything that women are. We need to bring Artemis back into yes. people's lives because the— the messages uh, that she represents are so needed right now. You know, we, we have this mental health crisis that mm -hmm. you've been such an advocate for. And if we remember that life goes through phases, it yeah. might be easier to go through the hard times. Right. I think the moon has actually made me have the perfect metaphor finally for how I see mental health. You know, like 
I've been through many phases of my own mental health. And I remember when I first realized that I was anorexic and I was also extremely depressed, I remember feeling like I was broken. But I, I've now learned so much after fighting my way past these issues and realizing that sometimes they're going to try to sneak back into my life the same way like shadows come and go across the moon. But now I know how to deal with them and I know how to say like, yeah, you can try to show up, but you can't stay. <laughs> Like, you're not a part of me anymore. And even though maybe today you're winning, you're not going to win tomorrow. I'm going to find my light again. I'm going to find my true self. And I really think that that's the way I view mental health now. This is amazing. This is such a gift you are giving the world. I feel like I've been blessed, like, immensely on this crazy journey, like, that I've been on. It was a one in a million chance that a little violinist putting videos on YouTube would get to like travel the world and do shows and get to sell, you know, albums. Like I look at my trajectory and I don't understand how it happened, but I just feel like I've been so incredibly led and guided and blessed. That's beautiful. And that sense of gratitude is part of your life now. Yes. And how how does it make you look at the whole world of social media. You know, social media helped propel you to this incredible success. But for a lot of people, social media becomes an addiction, becomes a source of endless comparisons with other people's highlight reels of their lives. It's hard. So how how do you deal with it yourself? You know, I definitely take breaks from social media. Like, I'll sometimes do, like, a 10-day fast where I won't even post, you know, like, let alone consume myself. I won't even post stuff. Like, there's so much good that comes from social media, from being aware of things. Like, kids these days, like, are so much more aware of culture and events, and, like, they're forming their own opinions at really young ages, which I think is amazing. However, like you said, this comparison culture that we're a part of, it can be really tough to live amongst and to still feel good about yourself when you go to bed at night feeling like everybody else is way more beautiful and way more successful and their families are happier. And um, and that's why when I find myself feeling unhappy with who I am because of what I'm seeing, that's when I'm like, you know what? It's time to take a break. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was one time when I realized, oh my gosh, I really need to take a break because all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I need to get Botox. I should get fillers. I should, you know, and I was thinking all these <laughs> things I needed to do to change my face to fix probably some inadequacy that was more internal, but thinking, oh, I need to... And I thought to myself, like, no, I've never wanted Botox before. Why, you know, this is a deeper issue. It's not about that. I need to just get off all these social medias for a little bit. So I think it really is important to put some limits and some boundaries around yourself and realize when you're feeling these intense feelings of comparison, maybe it's time to take a step back. Maybe it's time to evaluate what I'm following for me. Sometimes I'm like, why am I following that? That doesn't make me feel good about myself and it's not making me a better person. Um, You know, so really evaluating how much time, but also what are you putting into your life? Because the things that you focus on are where you're going to go mentally. And there's amazing resources out there that we could follow that will make you want to be a better person. And so, like, really gauging how can social media make me better and not make me (laughs) hate myself. (laughs) And also, when you write about these things, you help so many people who love you and follow you Mm -hmm. do that in their own lives. Right. Well, and it's such an addiction. You realize it really is just an automatic response. Like, when I go on these fasts, it's amazing how many times— 
I'm not even going to consume something specific. My thumb automatically hits Instagram. <laughs> and I'm just like, I didn't even want to come here. Like, But I see the login page pop up that reminds me, oh, we're not going on there. And I'm like, oh, I'm so addicted. And, you know, I think that it really is important to, re- like, evaluate that on a regular basis to be like, am I okay with this? How am I doing? Like, monitoring it, like you and said. And also making it easier for ourselves. One of my daughters, for example, um, has taken Instagram off her phone. Mm. And now if she wants to go on it, she will have to download the app again. Oh, my gosh. So she really has to intentionally want to go on it. So sometimes, like addicts, you know, we have to protect ourselves. This may sound funny, but even just logging out every time rather than an automatic response from your thumb that popped it up there and so you just start scrolling. But if you have to log in every time, it makes you remember that like, oh, getting on Instagram is something I'm going to choose to do. You know, I'm going to take action. It's a deliberate action. It's a deliberate action rather than a like an addiction. And do you sleep with your phone? I actually try to remove my phone from myself yes. a lot. Like, I, I don't sleep with it next to me. Um, I try as often as I can to leave it in other rooms. Like, on tour, I put it in my dressing room. If I leave my dressing room, I don't have my phone. Um, same with when I'm home. I try to leave it in my bedroom. Like, I don't want to have it connected to me. I think it's so important to just not have it all the time and to make it like a choice. Like, oh, I need to go into my room and get my phone. Right. Except when you're sleeping. Yes. It can sleep somewhere else, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's in the same room, but actually I put it across the room because I sleep through my alarm all the time. (laughs) That way I have to get out of bed to turn off the alarm. (laughs) I'm going to give you a little charging station that looks like a phone bed. It's over there. Oh my god. And gosh. you can put it outside your bedroom. That is so cute. And create like a little ritual and then you reconnect in the morning. You can hear the alarm outside your room, but if you want to be safe, you can also get a and get another an old fashioned um alarm clock. Absolutely. That can yeah. look pretty on your nightstand. <laughs> yes, I like it. <laughs> I like your style. Um I love how much you bring metaphor into your art and into what you say and We talked about the moon and Mm -hmm. the metaphor of the moon. But also, you talk about the ballerina from my Shatter Me music video. Yes. So tell us what that ballerina means to you. Oh, man. Um, You know, I one day was walking through like a little trinket store and I saw this snow globe with a ballerina in it. And I just remember in that moment connecting so strongly to this ballerina because this was a time when I was going through anorexia and I was going through depression. And I just remember looking at her and she was perfect and flawless and she had this beautiful ballerina pose. But I thought to myself, is she trapped in there? Is that snow globe protecting her or is it trapping her? Mm. And it became a metaphor for me um, for how I felt at the time because— I, for a long time when I was trying and battling with, do I actually want to get over anorexia? It felt so safe being there. It felt Mm -hmm. almost like this disease in a very strange way was protecting me. And that's one of the hardest things about mental diseases is you kind of cling to them as your comfort, your protection. The world feels terrifying without them. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I've been thinking that this snow globe was protecting me, but actually it's a prison. Mm. And yeah, so the whole idea about Shatter Me was the fact that this ballerina, as long as she stayed in the snow globe, was flawless and perfect and poised, um, you know, and unchanging. 
But then she starts to realize that there is an entire world outside of that snow globe, and she would never experience it if she stays in this perfect little Mm. prison. And so the whole idea was that she had to have the courage to dance, and at first it made her porcelain skin start to crack, and she's afraid that if she breaks, will there be anything left of her? And by dancing, she does crack, and she realizes that the true self was actually underneath the whole time. I love that. It's so beautiful. Thank you. And um, I love um, the name of your book also, The Only Pirate at the Party. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which you wrote with your sister, Brooke Passe. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, again, you talked about confidence and false images of perfection, which is a theme that runs through so much of what you write. And there's a particular quote that I loved, which is, you've got to have confidence in the very thing that makes you unique. Then wait for the world to catch up. It can be scary to have confidence in what makes you unique. And so many people try to blend and to belong. So what helps you uh, keep your confidence? I'm sure it's easier now that you've been so successful. But even with success... Yeah. Sometimes some of these um, negative thoughts and negative images persist. You know, I sometimes say that I feel like back when I was this girl that, you know, the world didn't believe in me and I had to like just kind of forge forward and be strong on my own. There was something about her that I kind of miss. There was like this bit of resilience that existed in her you know, and I'm, of course, obviously the same girl. That's me. But, um, you know, now I do, like, have the luxury of millions of people telling me that, like, oh, you're a great violinist. You're talented. And, like, that's amazing. That's a huge gift. But I look back at it and I'm like, man, the same things I was, you know, a little scared of then are the same things I'm scared of now. And the outside influences will never change how you feel about yourself. A lot of times we run through life waiting for someone to validate us, someone to tell us we're enough, someone to tell us we're smart or beautiful. The fact of the matter is I've learned after being on both sides of the coin, it's all about what's inside because I honestly think that that resilience that I had to build up, sometimes I have to now search for. You have to get it from inside. That's where it really counts. And like that inner voice, that inner gut, that inner love. And that comes from whatever it is that fuels you. Like for me, listening to positive podcasts, reading like the stack of books you have here for me, I'm really excited to read. Those are the kind of things that fuel me and remind me the kind of person I want to be. Gratitude journaling. I write in a gratitude journal every night. Like I work on my mental health like it's a part-time job because I know what it's like to not have that. And I never want to go back to that girl that I once was. You know, I want to stay being that resilient, fierce, fearless person that honestly takes a little bit of work to be. That's perfect for all of us to remember. You've been so conscious about your own evolution and change. So looking back, what's the biggest change you've seen in yourself? Oh, man. Okay, what is the biggest change? I would say it's the ability to assess myself. Like the ability Mm. to hear the inner dialogue and assess if it's what I want to be or not. I used to just accept it as the way it was, not even recognizing that it was actually an inner dialogue. And I would say I used to be kind of like almost in the passenger seat. Like my life just went and I accepted some people are happy and others aren't. Mm. And I think I'm one of the depressed people. And after years of working on myself and, like, really putting in the time, I realized, no, like, I don't have to sit in the passenger seat. I can 
hear the thoughts in my head. And if I don't like what they're saying, I have the power to choose something else. I have the power to write a different story. And it doesn't come from just like sitting there and changing my mind. It comes from action. It comes from writing in that gratitude journal, looking in the mirror, telling myself I love myself, doing service, um, reading books. Like, Like I said, happiness does sometimes take work. And I think that it takes consistency. Like we work on our bodies, we exercise, we work on our faces and our hair, and like we prep every single day to go out into the world, but we don't often work on our minds, you know, like and our heart. And our and hearts. Our soul, right? Yeah. Visualize yourself being the kind of person you want to be before you walk out that door. Visualize yourself laughing, being kind. Like, I think sometimes we have a road in our head, like of all these different neural pathways, and we've really exercised certain ones. But have you exercised the muscle of laughter? Have you exercised the muscle of gratitude? Because the one that you work the most is the most natural path that your thoughts will take. Think the thoughts you want to think until they become the strongest and the most. And I've noticed that in gratitude journaling. Like, my thoughts more quickly go to gratitude now than they used to, by far. Because I've exercised the muscle every day. And what you are saying is totally backed by science because we right. now know the neuroplasticity of the brain. Mm -hmm. So you can actually carve yes. new pathways. So my last question is, what is the biggest change you want to see in yourself going forward? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, the biggest change I want to see in myself. You know, when I'm not busy... I sometimes forget my worth. My worth is oftentimes tied to busyness and productivity and accomplishments and go, go, go. I want to know when I'm sitting in silence, if my career ended today, I would want to be able mm. to say, I have all the value that I need right here. I, that's what I want to be. Because when you see that in yourself, suddenly the whole world has value. So I, I feel like I, I see that in other people and it's a little harder to sometimes see in yourself. That is so beautiful, Lindsay. Thank you so much. What a great note to end on. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, both through your work and through our conversation. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Many thanks to Lindsay Sterling. This episode of the Thrive Global podcast is presented by Audible whose sleep collection was designed to help you get the rest you deserve. For a wealth of sleep stories, meditations, and other incredible wellness content, check out Audible Plus, which also features thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, and Audible originals. And stay tuned for my new podcast, What I Learned with Ariana Huffington, featuring some of the most interesting people sharing the life lessons they learned over the course of this tumultuous past year. Thanks for listening. <music>